Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. We serve a sovereign and a faithful God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify you. We glorify you. You are such a good, good God. You are such a faithful father. He is. He is. He is. He is just. He is true. He loves us. He is constantly thinking of us. My God, I thank you. I bless you, I praise you, I magnify you, I glorify you, Lord God, you are so awesome. Good morning, welcome, welcome, welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. If this is your first time logging on, we are so happy to have you here. We are a community of believers and we just love God deeply. And so you are not here by mistake. God invited you into this place and said, you know what, tune in today. I want you to hear the word of God that I have for you. So mark this devotional, uh, mark this day as a new beginning, a fresh start between you and God. And we just get to walk out this process with you. And I am honored and I am grateful for that. If you want to learn more about who I am or about LMJ Ministries, you can go to the website, LakeishaMJohnson.com. Our bio is there. How we serve in the community is there. And uh, we would love to connect to you. Go subscribe to the website. Get the daily devotional. And just get tapped into who and what we are. This is not just a community of women. This is not just a local body. We are about the body of Jesus Christ. And we stretch all the way throughout the world, right? All, all the way throughout the world, we stretch. We are in other countries, and that's what makes the diversity of this devotional so dope. And I'm a Southern girl with Northern connections and West Coast flavor, right? And um, so the ties that bind me just look very global and very different. So do me a favor, go share this devotional right now. Share it on your timeline. Drop it in your groups. Put it on your inbox. Do not be ashamed of the gospel this morning. Uh, do not. Just share it and put it everywhere. If, if you want to watch it later on YouTube, you can copy the YouTube link and share that as well. Ladies, tonight we have Ladies Bible Study, right? If you have never been a part of our online Bible study, we would love for you to connect to our community. Typically, we have a campus, but the Lord has not released us yet to get back into our group on campus. But the online community is hot. And it is not hot because of us. It is hot because the Holy Spirit is producing something in us. We are in a brand new book. It's called It's Complicated by Dr. Charles Goodman. And we're going to learn effective communication with each other so that God can get the glory out of our relationships. And I guess I need to say I'm Lakeisha M. Johnson. I don't know if I said that. A-K-A-L-M-J. And I am just a bond servant. My God. I'm just a bond servant. I'm just a bond servant. I used to, I can say that. Thank you. I used to think I was an accident, a mistake. Um, but I found my righteousness in Christ Jesus. 
and I found my identity in Christ Jesus, and I found in my relationship with God that I was not a mistake, that I was not accidental, that I was born at such a time as this. And my as my relationship with God grew, my identity in Christ grew, and all the things that I had believed, all the lies that I had believed, all the things that I had been indoctrined with and all the stuff that I had been ingrained with, that stuff began to slowly wash away as my relationship with God grew and he'll do exactly the same for you. You are not responsible for your salvation. You are not, you're, you're responsible to make a decision but you are not responsible for the weight of his glory. He is responsible for the weight of his glory. And the Holy Spirit works out your salvation and not you. And when I came into revelation of that, I took the responsibility off myself. The scales began to come off my eyes. And you know what happened next? I began to understand my identity in Christ Jesus and how wrong I was about myself and how this world did not do me justice. It did not do me justice. It did not. It did not. And the more I began to find myself in Christ Jesus, the more God was revealed to me and the more my purpose came alive. So it took a surrender. My, right? It took an act on my part. It took a surrender. It took a decision for me to make a decision. You know what, God? I'm going to allow you to invade my life. It took a yes to Jesus. And then everything else, like everything else that just began to grow and everything else began to manifest and the power of God and the presence of God began to transform me into the image of Christ. And I am still being transformed into the image of Christ, but it just took me simply saying yes and me beginning to understand that, guess what? I don't have to work out my own salvation. I take that responsibility off myself. And when I take that responsibility off myself, then the weight of his glory begins to bear imprints on my life. And that is such a release. That is such a release. Like that within itself is such a release that I'm not responsible for my salvation, that my responsibility comes to surrender. My responsibility comes to a yes in Jesus. And then everything else is on God. Nothing else is on me. Nothing else is on me. And I love that. And that means more to me than everything else, right? And that is what proves who I am and nothing else. So I just wanted to share that little bit of my testimony with you. I hear some of you are having difficulty. If you're having difficulty hearing, you'll have to shut your phone down and you'll have to come back up. It's not on our end. Or you can watch us on either one of our platforms. You can go to the Facebook. You can go, I mean, you can go to Instagram. You can go to the website. You can go to LakeishaMJohnson.com and you'll get to see the devotional as well. My God, can we just lift up the name of Jesus this morning? Can we just bless his holy name? Father God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for all power in heaven and earth, Lord God. We just thank you, Father God, that you are the one that delivers us from our anxiousness, Father God. We thank you for how holy you are. So, Father God, I ask that you give us eyes to see and 
ears to hear, Lord God, and a strength, Father God, in you, Lord God, that the weight of your glory shines on our life today. We honor you. We love you. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify you, Father God. We thank you, Father God, that we are absolutely anxious for nothing, Lord God. We bring ourselves to the altar today, Lord God. We stretch our hearts before you. We lay ourselves bare and open, Father God, and we ask that you deal with anything in our lives that's keeping us from coming into a deeper relationship with you, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for your word. We thank you, Lord God, that your word is true, Father God, and that it brings us into balance and it brings us out of darkness and it brings us into light. And we thank you for your holiness. We thank you, Father God, for a strength and a grace, Lord God. We thank you for ears to hear. We thank you, Lord God, that you are taking the scales off our eyes. My God, and any hostility that we have had against you because we didn't know better, Father God, we just repent right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God. We repent right now. Any hostility, anything we've had, anything that has been exalting ourselves against you, anything that we gave have given permission to, and that it does not line up with your word, Father God. Give us, my God, eyes to see. I want to read a little bit of something to you as we're praying, and we're going to break, Father God, just the sinful nature off of us this morning because that hinders us from moving forward. And I remember how I didn't used to understand how my sinful nature impacted my relationship with God because I had never seen anybody live holy um, because when pe people were preaching fire and damnation, no one ex was explaining to me the beauty of God. No one was ever explaining to me the love of God. Nobody was explaining to me the grace of God. Nobody was really talking to me about what sin hindered. And so I want to read this scripture to you. And we're canceling the assignment of the enemy off our lives that's kept us bound for so long. My God. So Galatians 5 and 16 says, and can I tell you something? That spirit that's been lying to you, that's telling you, oh, this is just to control you. This is not to control you. This is so that you can experience the freedom that comes in Christ Jesus. Can I tell y'all something? I was so bound by sin. My God, I was so, sin had me wrapped up, entangled, caught up, and the weightiness to sin feels so funky, right? It's almost like, like I've been depressed before. It's almost like depression. Like one day you good and you up and then... And then when sin comes in, like, right, the sin, when sin comes in, like, then it leaves a weightiness on you and it almost spins you back into a depression, right? And nobody ever said that to me. And so I couldn't figure out why. Sometimes I'd be up, I'd be cool. It looked like it was good. And then I'd be back into this funk a few days later. And then God began to show me that's, that's what sin does. That's why, I, this is why I'm trying to talk to you about it. This is why I'm trying to understand that my grace abounds more than sin, that I love you more than sin, that there is nothing that can separate 
me from the love from you and even the your love my love from you and and I didn't get that right and so when God is starting to talk to us about sin he's not talking to us about sin because he wants to um to lord over us in that way that's legalism and God is not a legalistic God he's a relationship with God and so when he talks to us about sin he's saying I'm trying to keep you from the enemy having a foothold in your life I can't shout, so I stop, right? I'm trying to keep you from the enemy having a foothold in your life. But there again, this the weight of the responsibility isn't on you. It's to identify it, to pray against it, to take your stand in it. My God, to take your stand in it and then let the Holy Spirit, right? And then let the Holy Spirit work out the processes, burn up the chaff, take away the shackles and all that other stuff. I love how intentional God. So I'm going to read Galatians. I'm going to start at the 16th verse and I'm going to end up in the 22nd verse. And then I'm going to pray. We're going to cancel every assignment, every demonic storm code, every portal, every sin, every weight that has easily beset us and kept us from the knowledge of God, from our full relationship from God, from our freedom in Christ Jesus. My God, I thank you for your word. So it says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. This is the New Living Translation version. It says, so let the, I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the spirit, you are not under the obligation of the law. And with the obligation of the law came death. So why would I spend any time believing in Jesus, believing that I'm going to heaven and not understand that sin legally binds me to death? But in Christ Jesus, I'm going to experience an eternal life. And in Christ Jesus, I'm going to find a freedom from that thing that has been trying to consume me and overwhelm me. And how I find that is in the fear of the Lord and in my relationship with God and in understanding and in understanding who and what God is in my life. And so it says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, man, my God, can we all admit we've been there? Can we all admit we've been there? Can we all admit we've been in that circumstance? Can we all admit we've been that person? Can we all admit that there are some situations that we still battling with? Can we all admit there's some things, some strongholds that still have a hold of us, even if it's just by the grasp of our ankle? Can we all admit that we have been led by our sinful nature that our sinful nature has sometimes kicked the door open to things we don't even want it to right can we admit can we be because the first step my god the first step to freedom is repentance the first step step to read to to freedom is admitting the first the first step the first release comes in you know what i'm gonna admit <laughs> i've operated in cloudy judgment sometimes i've offered and inspect operated in spaces and places that i ain't got no big business operating in the light wasn't always on right like motel six we live the light the light wasn't always on the light wasn't always on there's some things that i did in darkness there's some things that i held on to there's some things that i'm still 
fighting to come out on out of right there's some things that i'm still struggling with there's some places the scales haven't come off my eyes lakeisha there's some places in which my ears have not heard yet there's some places and i don't that i don't have revelation there's some places i'm not submitted or yielded to the holy spirit yet can we just be real real today right that's where the freedom it comes in because once i admit my god that there's a stronghold there once i admit that i've been operating in darkness once i admit that i've been consumed by some thoughts i shouldn't be thinking once i admit that i bit that apple just like eve once once i admit that my god then guess what? God can go and do an innate and unique thing in us. He can turn this thing around. He can turn this thing around. David said, created me a clean heart. Renew a steadfast spirit in us. And that's what we're asking God for today. The reset. Lord, I need a new heart. I need a steadfast spirit in me, Lord God. I need you to break off the chaff. I need you to burn up anything in me that does not align up with your word. I need you to give me eyes to see. I need you to give me strength to come out of this stronghold. My God, I've been walking in the blind, in the dark, my God, and here is an area where I need more light. And there is nothing wrong with admitting you need more light, right? The spirit of, there's a spirit of perverseness that's so real. There's a spirit of darkness that's so real. There's a spirit of sexual immorality that's so real. All those things are so real. And some of us have been bound and battling with them for so long. We didn't even know that there was a freedom in Christ Jesus. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't know that there was a freedom in Christ Jesus. We thought we were stuck this way. We thought we had to always feel like filthy rags. We didn't understand that Romans was telling us there is absolutely no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Only the conviction of the Holy Spirit, right? Condemnation only comes over the things that we've confessed. The conviction of the Holy Spirit brings a light to us, the areas in our life that are not darkened. And once we confess it, it's gone. And God bears the weight of his glory in this area. Have you ever seen a light that shine bright? Teach this thing, Holy Spirit. Have you ever seen a light that shines so bright you can't see past the brightness of the light? That's what the weight of the glory looks like on your sin. My God, you should shout right there. My God, that's what the weight of the glory looks like on his sin. So when you repent, when you bring the sin before God and you begin to repent, right? And you ask God to forgive you, then he bears the weight of his glory on your sin. And when he bears the weight of your, his glory on your sin, then he doesn't see that sin anymore. We might still be holding on to it. The devil might try to convince us to continue to hold on it. But his glory is shining so light in that area of your life. He doesn't identify you as that anymore. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I don't know about you, but I need to experience that kind of freedom. And I don't know about you, but I need to receive the benefit of Jesus's love for me. And I don't know about you, I need to be in that he who the son says free is free 
free indeed. Like I need to walk in that. My God, can you ask God for that? Lord, let me experience the weight of your glory. My God, let me experience the weight of your glory. Let your glory shine bright on every area of my life. And that starts with a simple repent. My God. And a, first a recognition and then a simple repent and then letting God go and do all the things that he's supposed to do in your life. He is greater than any sin or circumstance that you have ever committed, right? He is greater than that, right? And some of y'all are like, I need to just pluck my eyes out, Lakeisha. That's what the scripture said. Not you need the freedom that's coming to you today, baby, in Christ Jesus. My God, you need the freedom that's coming to you today in Christ Jesus. Y'all ready to get free? Y'all ready to get the shackles broken off of you? You ready to receive your righteousness in Christ Jesus today? So let me, I started reading. That was Galatians 16. Now 19 says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. That's sexual immorality. And that's any kind of sexual immorality. That's homosexuality. That's all of that is wrapped up in there. Any perverseness, pornography, anything that is sexually immoral, anything that exalts itself against God. You got to know that impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of angers, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the Holy Spirit produces the kind of fruit in our life, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And there is no law against these things. So when we say there is no law against these things, it means Satan can't hold these things against us, right? Satan can't hold this against me. The law of sin and death is not held against me when I'm operating in the freedom of who I am in Christ Jesus. And so sin entangles us. But how do I get free, Lakeisha? I don't get free from sin on my own. I get free from sin through Jesus. But I've got to recognize that it's sin. I got to have my eyes open to understand that it's sin. I got to see what God is saying about my sin. And then I let the freedom come through me in Christ Jesus. And then Galatians 22 puts puts the oomph on it and it simply says but the holy spirit is going to produce the other fruit in your life and so you don't have to produce that fruit on your own. Can I just get a thank you? Can we just begin to glorify the Lord as I begin to pray for you? This is so powerful. Lord, I thank you for bringing us freedom today. I thank you for open opening the eyes of our understanding. I thank you for bringing us to an awareness of any sin that has been easily besetting us. If it's a sin of pride, Lord God, if it's a sin of hiding Lord God, if it's the sin, sin, Father God, any sin that's against you, Lord God, if it's a spirit of sexual immorality, Lord God, if it's a spirit of homosexuality, we bind those things back to the pits of hell from which it came, Lord God. Our lustful pleasures, our hostility against you, our hostility against man, anger, anger and quarrel, Father God. Lord God, we lay those sins. We lay our sexual sins. Spirit of perversion, we command you to go right now in the name of Jesus. We bind you back to the pits of hell. Spirit of pornography, we bind you back to the pits of hell. Spirit of uncleanness, of lasciviousness, of contention, of lewdness, of crudeness, we bind you back to the pits of hell. 
from which it came. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you. Your word becomes our strong tower to break off these sins, to set the captive free, and we gain our freedom and our righteousness in Jesus Christ, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that we no longer desire those things, that you're taking the desires for us from us and that we desire your word only. And we thank you for freedom and we thank you for truth and we thank you you are taking the scales off our eyes. My God, Lord God, we lay these things at the altar. My God, in the name of Jesus. So let me tell you, let me, can we, we always reel on this devotional. This devotional is not for the the faint at heart, right? So let's talk about sexual morality and pornography. Pornography is um, very rampant these days. It's very normal. People will tell you there is absolutely nothing wrong with it. But I heard the Lord say, remind them anytime they open their eye gate to something, they need to repent for that. And so if pornography had been your thing, right, you opened your eye gate to something that was sexually immoral. It does not give God the glory. So then you set yourself in a position today and you take authority over it today and you say, you know what, Lord God, and you don't have to admit it on here. You know what, Lord God, I'm going to repent today for being caught up in pornography because this has been a door open to my soul. There is so much freedom in that. There is so much freedom in that. I'm just going to recognize it for what it is. It does not line up with your word. I bit that fruit. That fruit is not, not okay. That is not your word is very clear in, in dealing with this. And let's deal with that today. And there's a freedom that's going to come from to you through Christ Jesus. And it may not go away immediately, but every time it rises up, you turn around and you submit that thing right back to Jesus Christ. My God, thank you for freedom. 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 Thank you for opening. It could be something you read. Thank you for opening our eyes. It could be a movie you watched that that wasn't the goal or the focus of it, but it still opened up the door to satanic activity, to demonic portals. And the devil is real and his nymphs and his evil and all those things are real. And so this is the day. This is the moment. This is the private moment. You in your house, don't nobody got to know. This is the moment that you submit whatever that sin is, whatever has been easily besetting you, you sit that right before God and you let Jesus flood your heart and you let Jesus come to you and you let Jesus deal with that thing. Whatever that thing is, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is here now to reconcile you. My God, Lord God, I thank you that we pray with boldness. We pray with clarity. If you bring anything to our heart and our mind that we've been anchored into, that is not your truth, Lord God, that you give us revelation in your word. We break all strongholds, all demonic activities, Father God. We cast the spirit of sex, sexual immorality back to the pits of hell from which it came, Lord God. And we thank you, Father God, that we experience the evidence of freedom in the blood of Jesus. My God, strongholds, we owe no debt to sin. The debt to sin is broken. We are released. We are walking in the freedom of who called us you called us to be in Christ Jesus. We are no longer entangled in sin. We are no longer entangled in darkness, Lord God. We repent of those things right now and we thank you for the fullness of your freedom. What a mighty God we serve in Jesus' name. Just ask God for your wisdom. Ask God to give you eyes to see of where you've been 
holding on to things and treating them as truth and they are not God's truth. And because people tell you, oh, you know, once saved, always saved and none of these things matter to God, it all matters to God. So ask him to give you revelation. Where have I been lustful? Where have I signed off on this? Where, where is it okay? And I keep hearing the spirit of sexual, sexual immorality. So deal with it today. Bind it back to the pits of hell from which it came. It does not align with God's will for you. It is not his life. Like it's not his life for you. And when you begin to come to understand that and he gives you revelation in your word, then the strongholds, strongholds will be demolished and anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, the wisdom of God, the light of God, it'll be revealed for it to you. He will put the weight of his glory on the situation and you will begin to experience a freedom in Christ like never before and be soft and tender with yourself. I told you it doesn't all happen at one time. The Holy Spirit wakes it, walks it out. And because we don't see it manifest quickly and some of us have been bound to stuff for so long, I was tied to things for so long. I had been caught up in some things for so long, right? For so long, I thought they were my norm. And when God took the scales off my eyes and I began to see who I was in Christ Jesus, I realized I was just like Eve. I had bit the fruit. I had bit a lie. And what it was, it was taking away the value of who I was in Christ Jesus. And that's what sin does. It does not want you to see that you are royally dope. It does not want you to see who you are in God. It does not want you to experience the fullness of who you are through Christ Jesus. It makes no sense for you to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and then not experience the weight of God's glory. My God. And then not experience the weight of God's glory. That's foolish. That's foolishness. Jesus didn't come for us just to experience it on the other side. He came so that we could have life and have it more abundantly to the eternal but for the now. And some of us have not been experiencing for the now because we didn't understand it was for the now. Well, there's a just, a loving, a fair God that advocates on our behalf and he wants us to get revelation of how these things have been holding on to us or we've been holding on to them, right? Or we've been holding on to them. I love how dope God is. I love how awesome God is. I love how amazing God is. That's the kind of God we serve. Like that's the kind of God we serve, right? He's come so we can have more abundant life. And he brought He brought up that freedom to us. So if God is saying to us, put put this before me on the altar today. Lay every sin, let, let, let every weight come before me today. Acknowledge it, identify it, even if it's far in your past. Go on and identify it, acknowledge it, lay before me on the altar. Ask yourself, go read Galatians 5.22 in your private time and ask yourself, Lord, is this something that I've been holding on to? Is this something that I've been ignoring? Sexual morality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, Quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, 
and other sins like these. And God will begin to reveal to you. And then he, once he reveals it to you, you're going to acknowledge it. You're going to repent from it. And then you're going to experience the weight of his glory and all that condemnation and all that stuff that you've been living under. It, it, the Holy Spirit is going to begin to wash that away. But remember, the weight of that is on not on you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. 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 We thank you for freedom. We thank you for freedom. We thank you for freedom. We thank you for freedom coming to us today. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. We thank you, Lord God. We no longer have to be entangled, my God, with the yokes of darkness, Lord God. And we receive your freedom in Christ Jesus by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. And I'm telling you, when I, when I got the revelation of this, I told a little bit of my testimony at the beginning. If you didn't get it, go back and get it. When I got the revelation of this, then my identity in Christ Jesus became so strong and the, and the devil, the devil stopped lying to me about who I am or how important I was to God or how much we've handled like sin so wrong. And unfortunately, some of us in ministry and leadership and as pastors and elders and teachers and evangelists, we didn't know how to communicate God's love to you. We just bared to do all this sin, you're sad, you're going to hell, da, 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 da. and we didn't know how to teach you and tell you how much God's love and his grace abounds towards you, right? And so I hope you experienced and felt the freedom that comes in Christ Jesus. It doesn't have to be super spooky or spiritual. It just has to be the word of God. And the word of God is active, right? And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. So the word of God slices all of that mess off of you. My uncle preached Sunday and said we are being carved like diamonds. So he's carving us out. And I went and looked at the diamond process and it goes through a process. It's hand selected first. My God. And then there's a cutting, right? And there's a carving. And, and you take the di diamond down to, you cut things away from the diamond until you get to the fineness of the diamond, right? And so we are being chiseled so that the glory of God can be revealed to us and so that the glory of God can manifest in our lives and so that we can, as bond servants and ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven, your goal or your design or why you're here is for you to bring heaven to earth, right? God uses you to bring heaven to earth. God uses you as the hands and the feet of Jesus. And so if the enemy can have you cloudy and weighty with sin and consumed with this world, then he keeps you or blocks or hinders you from you bearing the weight of the glory and you doing God's work here on this earth. This is not my home. <laughs> This is not my home. I'm not. I'm an alien. I am not of this world. I am not. I'm just sent on assignment here to fulfill God's work, his perfect plan for my life. And when you get the revelation of that, your attitude becomes different. <laughs> your attitude becomes different. And then the weighty, the weighty, the weight, yeah, the weightiness of sin goes away because I understand that, that on earth, as on earth as it is in heaven, heaven is supposed to be experienced here on earth, right? But that's why sin likes to keep you bound in. And so our eternal hope and glory has to be in Christ. 
Christ Jesus and that he is the only one that can redeem and release. Man cannot re redeem and release you from sin. That's why we have to understand and learn to walk in the fear of the Lord. So I want to share a few things with you before we get out of here. My God, I thank you for that. I felt the freedom. Anybody else feel that freedom? My God, I thank you for that. I thank you for the freedom in Christ Jesus. Can we just celebrate him for just a second? Lord, we bless you. We thank you. We praise you. We magnify you. We thank you for the freedom, my God, that comes from you in Christ Jesus. Some of y'all have been so burdened with sexual morality. However it looks, whatever that sexual immorality is, whatever it is, some of y'all been sober. It's been a plague on your family for so long, right? It's been a plague on your family for so long, whether it's sexual immorality, whether it's um, whether it came through molestation, however perverse it's been, it's been like a stronghold in your life for so long. You've been wanting to escape, wanting to get away. And God is like, I'm freeing you from that today. That thing that has had you bound, that thing that has had you running in circles, that thing that has had you eating your vomit, that thing that has uh, come, the son of Jesus Christ came and said, no, I bought your freedom in this so that you don't have to return. So when the thoughts exalt itself and they come up, Cast the thoughts down, cast the wicked imagination down, catch yourself quickly and say, you know what? My thoughts are not going to go there. My thoughts are not going to go there. I'm not going to be lustful. I'm not going to allow my thoughts. Jesus, I need you to help me. Holy Spirit, I need you to help me. Put the weight on him. And if you put the weight on him instead of yourself, you'll begin to experience freedom like never before. I love God. I love, like I love, I love God. I love how intentional he is with us. So I need to talk to you a little bit about something that came up because I don't think it's fair if I mention something and I don't give you more explanation of what it is. And I want to talk to you a little bit about the fear of the Lord. Because yesterday when we were praying, we were praying for the fear of the Lord. And some people will say uh, they're a God-fearing person. Or uh, we hear the words, the fear of the Lord all the time. And yesterday we talked about raising our children, right? Or being in our relationships in which God gets the glory. In which we are leading others to Christ in which the fear of the Lord is evident. Well, if you don't know what the fear of the Lord is, none of this is going to make sense, right? And so the fear of the Lord looks differently. Um, and it's not a fear that I fear something bad. That's not what the fear of the Lord. It's actually a fear. This fear of the Lord is healthy and it's a fear of something good, right? Um, God is way more than this world. God is way more than this world. We can't even compare God to anything in this world. We can't even to reduce God to anything this world. Um, God, God isn't, God isn't, God isn't there. That's not it. And it's an honor and then it's awe and it's a respect, but it goes deeper than that. It goes deeper in the relationship with him. God is not even equal to this world. Right? He isn't. And we have to understand that God is not equal to this world. So what the fear of the Lord does for, for us, right? When I when the fear of the Lord is operating in my life, when I understand the fear, the honor, the respect, the reverence for God, right? When I understand that um how much God loves me, when I understand 
what his, the fear of the Lord does for me, then I'm going to desire that fear. I'm going to desire to walk in the fear of the Lord. I'm going to desire to be operating in that kind of relationship. And so let me tell you what the fear of the Lord does for you. The fear of the Lord rescues you from your delusions. So remember yesterday when we were praying for better parenting and relation, better relationships with our kids and we were praying and talking about parenting God's kind of way, right? When we were talking about being, you can use it with your marriage, being in a relationship God's kind of way. When the fear of the Lord is in place, then it rescues you from your delusion. So let me give you, y'all know how I am. I'm going to give you the definition. I'm going to give you the definition for it. I need y'all to get your pen. So a delusion is an altered reality that is persistently held despite the evidence or agreements to the contrary. And it's generally in reference to a mental disorder. Delusion is when we continuously keep trying the same thing and it ends up in the same place. I can't throw my Bible, my kids. I can't wake my kids. Y'all so, so the fear of the Lord, when we are in reverence and fear of the Lord, when we're praying the fear of the Lord, when we want to walk in the fear of the Lord, then we're saying, God, I'm going to let you guide me. My God, I feel the weight of the Holy Spirit on this. God, I'm going to let you guide me in every relationship. I'm going to let you guide me in my marriage. I'm going to let you guide me in my children. I'm going to let you and guide me with my parents. Like I'm going to let you guide me in my career, right? Fearing God keeps us from come from caving in to this natural man's fearful nature. So when the fear of the Lord is present, right? When I'm more concerned about what God says, than I'm concerned about what man says, then the fear of the Lord takes precedent over this world's standard, over this world's um, finance system. When, when, when God says in the word, oh, no man, anything but to love them, the fear of the Lord says, I'm going to get out of debt. Because there has to be a freedom if God is saying, be the head and not the tail, be the lender and not the borrower. There's got to be a freedom in that if that's what God is saying. Well, the fear of the Lord comes in and says, you know what? I'm going to honor God in this because even though I may not understand it, even though the world system has told me it ain't nothing wrong with me consuming all this debt, the fear of the Lord says, no, nah, there's something to this if this is what God is saying to me. That's, that's what the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord identifies that there's got to be something in God's word. There's got to be something in what God said that is greater than anything else, right? Let me read Deuteronomy 10, 12. And then 20 through 21, it says, and now, O Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you, but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, fear the Lord your God and serve him, hold fast to him and take your oaths in his name. He is your praise. He is your God who performed for those great and awesome wonders you saw with your own eyes. The fear of the Lord has to do you walking in his ways, 
you serving him and you loving God with all your heart. That's why the word of God, they said, well, what is the great greatest commandments? Show me what the greatest commandments is. What is the greatest commandments? They were looking for Jesus to say something just out the wazoo. What is the thing we need to do most? And he said, love the God, Lord your God with all your heart, with all your might. <laughs> That's what I need you to do. Love me with everything. Love me above everything else. Place me above everything else. And then he comes back and he says, and then love your neighbor as you love yourself. And when those things are difficult, it's because we, we, we don't love the Lord God. We don't love him. Because can I tell you something? When you begin to love the Lord like God with all your heart, revelation of who you are comes into place. And when that revelation comes into place, you'll begin to fall in love with yourself. And then when you fall in love with yourself, you ain't got no problem loving people because you understand how dysfunctional people can be because you remember where your dysfunction was. And you know that the only thing that helped you in that dysfunction was your love of God. So the fear of the Lord is going to remove the delusion from us. It's going to keep us from believing lies. It's going to keep us from creating our own truth. It's going to keep us from bad parenting. The fear of the Lord is what's going to keep us into good marriages. The fear of the Lord is what's going to save us from ourselves. Most of us have been delusional, right? Most of us have been delusional. And the reason we know that we've been delusional because we've been trying the same thing over and over again and it doesn't produce a result. Insanity is trying the same thing again and again, expecting a different result, right? Expecting a different result. And it's like, no, if I fear God, if I fear God at the level and the capacity that I'm supposed to, instead of fearing man in this world. So let me read 2 Timothy um let me read 2 Timothy 1 and 7, right? For God has not given us the spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power, of love, and of sound judgment and personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. When I have the fear of the Lord, I operate in a calm, well balanced, established mind. The only reason that I'm not operating in a calm, well, balanced, established mind is because I fear man more than I fear the Lord. And every relationship and every decision I've been made has not been made on the fear of the Lord. It has not been made on kingdom because if it is, it comes with a promise. Proverbs 1 and 7 declares the fear of the Lord is the beginning of the not of knowledge, right? And until we understand who God is and we develop a reverential fear for him, we're not going to walk in true wisdom. And true wisdom only comes from understanding who God is, that he's holy, that he's just, and that he's righteous, right? And so it's beyond just respecting who God is. Respect is a part of it, right? But it, it's, it's a fear that says, God hates sin. I fear his judgment. I need his life. I need his word in my life more than anything. Like I need him more than in like anything. I need him more than anything. Nothing this world has to offer me is greater than God, right? He reveals, and when we operate in the fear of the Lord, he's going to reveal the truth in us. John 8 and 32 says, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. There is freedom when we begin to understand who God is. There's a wisdom that's going to come to us. There's a reverence that's going to come, and that's going to have an impact 
on our lives. So even when God disciplines us or when God is chastising us, then we understand that he's developing us and we don't run from him, right? That's Hebrews 13. That's, um, I'm sorry, that's Hebrews 12, 5 and 11. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as my sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. My God, and it's okay. And what's done by God is done in love. For the Lord disciplines the ones that he loves, right? And God has already told us nothing will separate us from the love of God, right? Romans 8, 38, 39, for I'm sure that neither net death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. So if we're talking about the fear of the Lord, we're saying, you know what, God, you're, the weight of who you are is way more weightier than what this world says. And we have to ask God to open our eyes to that because most of us have been delusional for so long. We've been delusional for so long. That's why the wisdom isn't there. That's why the peace isn't there. That's why the understanding is there, is, isn't there, right? Because there's ha something significant that happens when we fear the Lord. And we know 2 Corinthians 5 and 10 says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he done, has done. <laughs> Whoa! Whether it be good or bad, the fear of the Lord is the most valuable treasure we can gain because God is our creator. And if we find true success, then we're going to live it according to his design. That's why Jeremiah 29 and 11 has become important to so many of us. God says, God was saying to the nation of Israel, for I know the plan that I have for you, right? And if I know the plan that I have for you, right, then it's greater than this world's plan. It's greater than any success that can be mentioned by man. And so then I got to figure out where and how, and I'm not fearing the Lord, I'm going to leave you with this. Proverbs 22 and 4 says, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Did y'all hear that? Some of the stuff you've been believing God in, calling in your harvest, asking him to enlarge your territory, asking him to increase your capacity, asking him to bless you with a house, asking him to give you more money. Proverbs 22 and 4 says, By humility. And the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. It comes through humility and the fear of the Lord. The reverential fear of the Lord grows, comes um, through our relationship with him to becoming familiar with God's character, to understanding who God is and what he said about us, and to understand the fullness of, of God's direction and plan for us. Luke 8, 17 says, for nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be made known and come abroad, right? The eyes of the Lord are every place. So if the eyes of the Lord are every place, then we need to understand his ways. We need to fear him. We need to revere him above everything else. And if most of us will be honest, we have all had other gods that we have placed before God.
We have other little, we've had people, we've had job, we have had careers, we've had relationships, we've had those things. We fear those things more than we feared God. And we've operated in the fear of losing people who do not have the capacity, who do not have the capacity to do the things that God will do for us. I had to make a decision. God gave his life, right? If we go back, go back and read and stew in Romans 5. Go chew back over that and understand about God's grace, right? Because God will forget things, right? God will forgive us. God will restore us. And man will still be holding on to what you did, right? Man will still be holding on to it. So we got to learn how to value God's opinion over man. We got to know what God says about us. We got to know what God's plan for is for us, for our marriage. We, we got to understand God's heart towards us. We got to learn God's voice, right? We got to remain pliable. We got to remain teachable. We got to remain coachable. We got to do everything God asks us to do, right? That's in faith. We may not understand it all, right? <laughs> Psalms 16 11 says, God shows us the path of life and, is, and in his presence is the fullness of joy. And so God, if God shows us the path of life and in his presence of the fullness of joy, and I'm not experiencing that joy, perhaps it's because I'm missing the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord does not leave us incomplete, right? Philippians 1 and 6, God said, I'll complete everything. But when we don't have the fear of the Lord, we'll be lacking and incomplete. People, things, careers, that stuff was never, ever meant to complete you. Your kids, none of that was meant to complete you. Psalms uh, 25 and 12 says, who are those who fear the Lord? He will show them the path they should choose. They will live in prosperity and their children will inherit the land. The Lord is a friend to those who fear him. He teaches them his covenant. My eyes are always on the Lord for he rescues me from the traps of my enemies. When I fear the Lord, it says I, he's going to give me my path, which is my purpose. He's going to give me prosperity. He's going to set me up for generational wealth and inheritance. My children are going to inherit the land. He's going to teach me his covenant. And the reason why is because my eyes are always on the Lord and he's going to keep me from the traps of my enemies and I don't have to worry about anything else. I love y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. That's deep. That's something to chew on. So we got to ask for, we got to, I, I need the fear of the Lord in my life. I need the presence of the Holy Spirit. I need to experience God like never before. And so if I'm lacking wisdom, I'm lacking prosperity, I'm lacking, lacking peace, I'm lacking joy. If I'm like, no, husbands and wives can never complete each other. That's why I say marriage is a, I understand why Paul said it's better for us to be single. I understand because usually when we give ourselves over into marriage, what we begin to do is we give ourselves over to that person and that person means more to us than anything. And we compromise our relationship with the Lord to be with that person. And that's a constant battle while being married, especially if the other person is not fully submitted to the Lord. But when we have a healthy fear of the Lord, not the fear of man, not the fear of this world, not the fear of the plague, not the fear of this financial system. When we have a healthy fear of the Lord, 
then we do things different and we don't replace other things with God. So we need to repent. Can we repent? <laughs> Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father God. And we just repent for having any other God before you. We thank you, Father God, for not honoring you and for not respecting you. Open the eyes of our understanding to the hope and call of who you called us to be in Christ Jesus. Give us ears to hear. Give us revelational knowledge. Show us the areas of our life that have not lined up with your word. Forgive us, Father God, for not having an understanding who you are. Holy Spirit, we need you now more than ever before. We need your comfort. We need your strength. We need you as advocate. We need you as teacher. Teach us how to walk in the fear of the Lord. And more than anything, we need Jesus. And if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior, guess what? Here's your moment. Here's your moment. Here's your moment. Here's your moment to say, you know what? I'm not going another day without Jesus. I'm not. I refuse to. I've dealt with it too long. And we're just going to simply say, dear Jesus, I know I've sinned against you. I'm sorry for my sins. I ask you to come into my heart and take away my sins. I promise to love and follow you as best I can. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. And then guess what? Romans 10, 13 says, For whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. John 6 and 37 says, Him that cometh unto me, I will no wise cast out. There is nothing you can bring to God and he will cast it out. If you made that prayer, if you did that, I promise you I want to connect to you. Will you email or message us and say, You know what? I made that prayer today. I'm accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And I want to disciple you. I want to see you some materials. I want to send you some stuff. And I would love for you to stay connected to this devotional so that I could continue to disciple you. I'm just going to give you one more invitation. Will you go to the website and subscribe, LakeishaMJohnson.com? And will you also consider becoming a partner with this ministry? Partnership helps us continue to get the gospel throughout the earth. Will you consider that today? I love you, but more than anything, our daddy, God, loves you and he longs to be in a relationship with you he is not legalistic he is interested in you and be in a relationship with you so that he defines you and not this world he doesn't want anything else giving you a definition my god and he will give you the grace and you will find sufficiency to come out of every wrong relationship he will give you eyes to see he will give you a new direction he will give you a brand new path he, not you, you're not responsible for that. He will bring you into the fullness of who you are. All you got to do is say yes. And all you got to do is submit and surrender to his will and let the Holy Spirit do the rest. Back here, 5 a.m. in the morning, can you bring somebody else in with you? Can you say, I want you to come in and sit in with us on the daily devotional. Let's make this our new norm so that we find out the fullness of who we are in Christ Jesus. I love you so much. But more than anything, God loves you. And I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go be loved today. Love is an action word. Let someone else experience the love of God in you. And some of you may be like, why? Well, I'm telling you, because it's kingdom, baby. <laughs> it's kingdom, baby. That's kingdom. When someone else can experience the love of God through us, that's kingdom, right? Love. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, Log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.